0: This is the We the People, Our American Story podcast. My name is Tina McCafferty. Join me every week to hear the remarkable stories of veterans, combat survivors, first responders, and American patriots in their own words. If you are pro-freedom and pro-America, you are in the right place. We the people our American story is the podcast for Americans who fiercely and unapologetically love America. We can forgive the Arabs for killing our children, but we can never forgive them for forcing us to kill their children. Golda Meir. This is a very special episode today on We the People Our American Story. It's very different in that I am speaking to three men who are not Americans, they are Israelis, but yet it is very similar to many or all of the episodes I have done in that they are patriots. They love their country and they want the best for their country. They are here today to tell us their stories about Israel, what is happening there the history behind it, and what happened on October 7th. So we are going to begin, I thought, with each of these three gentlemen, just giving a little short summary of who they are. And we'll start with Shem Tov. Do you want to go ahead?
1: Yeah, for sure. It will be a pleasure. So hi guys, Uh, pleasure to uh, be here. Thank you for uh, hosting us. Uh, My name is Shem Tov. Uh, I'm from Israel. Uh, I'm in a reserve duty right now in the ground force of the IDF. In my civilian life, I'm a certified nurse, and I'm also working for the startups in uh, the medical and sport device, which are right now in a great uh, position helping the IDF soldier to recover faster and getting back uh, faster to the field from injuries or just
2: between uh, operations.
0: Okay, Jamie, please.
2: Hello, everybody. My name is Jamie. Um, I'm a 27 years old. Right now, I'm a student of a landscaping, arch- architecture, sorry. And yeah, I, w- I was about to start my second year um, until everything stopped. So, hi, my name is Tal, as you
3: mentioned. Uh, from Tel Aviv Israel. I've been in, I'm currently in reserve duty since the first, the, the from, uh, since October 7th. Um, in the Air Force. Uh, On my day-to-day job, I work in a PR agency uh, oriented to crypto and own own a dog, and that's about it. And what's your dog's name? Pablo.
0: Pablo. He's one year old. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Still a puppy, a a big puppy, but a puppy.
0: All right. Jamie, we are going to start with you because on October 7th, you found yourself in the middle of a massacre that was totally unexpected and unprovoked. Can you please share your story with us about that day?
2: Yes, of course. So it was uh, a very special day. We, I'm with this event um, parties that called the Nova Community. They're doing it this, this, these parties for... About two years, and I'm following them because my friends is taking part of it. So this time, one of my friends was about to go to his big trip. In Israel, after you finish our studies or you finish the army, you're going to your big trip to experience, to explore. And yeah, he was about to go for maybe six, six months, one year. We can't know, so it was like a leaving a party for him. So a lot of friends came over. We we were generally about five, maybe eight, each time in each party. And this time we were about seventeen friends, close friends that came. Not even people that likes the, this music, but they they just love to to have fun together. And yeah, the energy and everything. So we found ourselves driving about uh, three hours to the south not even thinking about this this thing cuz i don't know it's it's felt like just an ordinary party that you're going to and yeah so we met there about 12 a.m. in the night between friday and saturday a lot of friends one of my friends uh had some shop over there of bags so we sit with them we met everybody over there um and then the main stage started about four hours later than it should have been. Should have been. And 3 p.m. three a.m. it started out the music. Everything was going. Everybody was expecting to it about half year. So it was just fun. It was actually a great party. About 6 a.m. starts the sunrise. You can see everybody. You can see everything around you. It's like seeing the new view for the first time cuz you came in the night so it's it was nice you can see everybody and everybody's enjoying about this time we I met a lot uh, like seven friends over there and we watched this the, the sunrise and then we we saw just like like a rainbow of fireworks that goes out from the ground and it's uh, and it's just not stopping for the first seconds we thought it was just like fireworks this is the exact time to have it it was just perfect we could hear the, the some people that saying from the back background that maybe it's a missiles maybe it's not a fireworks and then i remember one of the the guys that worked in the in the party he just like shouted to the to the dj to stop the music and when he stopped it and we he just said like red alert red alarm just everybody the party is over just go home and at this moment i just ran to the shop that my friends had i saw all of my friends all of the girls on the floor and all the guys on top of them just protecting them and just joined them for about one minute we heard so many explodes but it felt far away so nothing fell so we said okay let's just take the stuff go away so I started to want to run one with one of my friends uh, we saw a police officer asked her like if there is like emergency escapes in for these situations because we were about 3,000 people running from the same spot. From the entrance which which was also the exit so we asked it about two times if we can open it or not and she, she just said she don't know so we just two guys that listened to the conversation we just broke the gate people run from from all over and there were some of them also were pretty chilled with that because it's a little bit happens all the time so you know it, it's can just I stop gonna right stop right there for and,
0: a second jamie yeah. That right there as an American when you say that, you're kind of chill because that happens from time to time. Americans have no concept of that. We cannot relate on that in any level whatsoever. Incredible to me that that is just something that you have had to deal with.
2: It's 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 wrong in in the whole levels because Nobody needs to deal with something like that. Nobody needs to deal with any missiles. You you, you think you're safe in your own country. And this is like a bubble that's been exploded for the whole country, but the people that live there, they say the whole time. Since this this day, everybody knows that it cannot be for for for, for the next days, for any day further. It's it's have to be in the past. You cannot just get missiles weekly, daily. We we have here even hours and times that you don't go to shower because, you know, there's, there's going to be missiles.
0: How did you get out then? How were you able to escape when so many? Unfortunately, that was not the case. Did you see Hamas come in with their parents? No. OK,
2: no, no. But uh, it's it's. Unfortunately it gets worse so um, it's gonna be about that also. so I took took a, almost get to my car. one of my friends called me told me like listen, I can't find the car what we what I'm doing. I told him listen take your girlfriend. I'm going with the other friend let's meet in Tel Aviv, chill down and go back home And this was the conversation. So he said, No, you're coming with me. I said, Okay, no problem. I found him. I found the car. We took the car. We drove away. They told us not to go to road that's called 232, which is on the just runs next to the Gaza Strip. They said all the missiles are going there. So we took another road. Um, then I navigated back home and we were, I was a little bit confused which which of the roads that we should take so we took like half turn and then we saw like people 100 meters from us and they just we you you heard like shooting and then you hear, hear it here it's like inside the car hitting the car your car my car exactly so from this second we understood that it was shots and it's on us so i told the, the driver um, just take the gas, take us out of here. We drove like maybe two minutes. We saw like a army vehicle in the in in anywhere. So we stopped next to him. we told him listen. there was shooting. People shoot at us. We don't know what it is because you never know what it is. could be everything, anything, but not terrorists. this was the last thing we thought. So. We went into the car and I asked him like, listen, there is a base next to us. Shouldn't we go inside? And he said, like, it's it's a good idea because if it was just missiles, we could all run away or go to somewhere safe. Like yeah, somewhere safe um, that missiles cannot break it. So
1: It's kind of like a shelter that we have in the south. So we're every couple
2: of kilometers.
1: So we have like shelters that in terms of like in case that someone is on the road and is really close to the border so you can get in there and we will be safe.
0: I can't even imagine living like that. I just, it's, it's way beyond my realm of understanding.
2: It's like bandages for, for real wounds that is happening inside this country and no one cannot, can stop it. So you just put a bandage for the meantime. From there, we went to the to the base. They didn't want us in. Nobody wants civilians inside the base. It's like a little bit crazy for in Israel to have it without permission. So we told him, "Listen, we we going inside." And he told us, "Listen, wait outside. It's just missiles." So listen, somebody shot us on the car. Look at the car, and he said, "No, no way!" And we just broke in three cars, uh, three civilian cars into the base. We saw like a few soldiers over there. And we told them, listen, there is shooting, one one vehicle went to see what it is, go after them, listen, it's, I don't know, it's crazy, too crazy. So from there, they told us, listen, wait in this room, which was like somewhere they chilled, watching TV and locked the door. And we asked for weapons, they said, no way. And just wait here, we're going to go in. We locked ourselves and we waited. Um, I was in the counter-terror te- unit, so for me, these situations, I think, should have end after two hours, maximum. A few terrorists, I don't know, maybe 20, inside this country, it's not to- supposed to be more than two hours. In the end, you can hear shooting fights, and grenades, explodes everywhere. Also, the missiles is landing next to the base. Everything happens. It's have some few breaks maybe for 10, 15 minutes maybe. And then it was quiet for a while, for 30 minutes. Then you can hear some people walking in inside the where they live. And then instead you I was expecting to hear Hebrew, but I heard Arabic. And this point I understood that something was very wrong and in and, and what's happening in this story and i said okay it's it's a bad story bad movie nightmare what 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 can we do from here so they shooting next to the window of of the 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 building we stayed in um they refilling the 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 magazines with more bullets and you know I can't explain how, how like, you cannot do anything, no gun, no soldiers, just, like, 13 civilians inside one room, just praying for something to happen. From there, it's continued, more shooting, you could hear choppers, which I thought is good, so people know where we are. We watched on the phones, what is going on, we saw, like, about 35 kidnapped, 50 hostages, and... uh, kibbutz next to us and it's getting worse we understood in in the base we stayed in they have been um um, took over yeah they took over they took over the base between 20 and 30 um terrorists and we understood that inside here what will keep us safe is just like be silent not speak. And hopefully they're not going to find us because they, they were looking for soldiers all over. So from this point, I, I spoke with, I sent a message in the um in my army group about 300 fighters that I told them, listen, very crazy thing. They already spoke about the party, the missiles, what happening. And I was just laying for two hours, three hours, maybe And things were happening inside the party, like you asked. People got killed, kidnapped, slaughtered, everything. I didn't knew knew that. I just saw a lot of messages and a lot of messages of people that knew that I'm supposed to be there and checking if I'm alive because they saw the videos. I told them, listen, crazy story. I need you to save me. I don't know how connect of the, with the people that is now in duty, now is in the base, to tell them to come as fast as they can because three things could happen. Or they shooting on the room, on the terrorist, the, the IDF because they need to kill them but the, the room behind it is us or the missile is going to land on us which is not a safe room or they're going to find us. It's about time. He told me to do a lot of things listen to what I hear because I'm going to give intelligence from the inside outside because they don't know what is happening inside. I don't know what's happened outside. This was the best as we could do because even the 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 nets wasn't working. Not the GPS. I didn't know where I was. They've been destroying everything. So after a lot of fighting and a few hours, about seven and a half hours, I was waiting there with my friends. Um, it was a moment that they actually tried to open the door, our door, two doors we had. Both of them were locked, and that's what saved our lives. And also, of course, the IDF, the people that came to save us. It was tough for us to go outside because we knew what happened outside, and we nobody had the courage to open, to lock, to unlock this door. And when it happened. We saw soldiers, we just like uh, it was a relief. We it's like finding us on, on an island that you thought you're never gonna be saved. The girls were crying. We were just like shocked that this is what happened. And from this point, try to tell everybody that I know that I'm half fine. I'm with I'm with the IDF, they they saved me. Supposed to be better than before. Um. So they took us to 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 a place that is against, um, everything bombs. Every bunker. Yeah, to be specific, which to there they didn't um succeed to to go the terrorists. So we went there. When we walked, shooting on us, more terrorists. Uh, two down. And when I was inside, I felt safe. I knew that. It's about to be better for me. I don't know what's going on outside. So I thought the worst thing happened to me. They shot my car. I was inside. Everything is good. They walk next to me. They shoot the the rooms next to me. They're dead. So I thought the worst was, was my story. And I knew that besides two of my friends, all of them are back, which is a miracle. And I stayed there for another 12 hours inside. We couldn't get any food. They blowed the kitchen with grenades and RPGs. They killed half of the base. And each time we've, the, the soldiers that came to save us, they just like rescued another three rooms, civilians, not civilians. Um, also, soldiers that have been serv- serving in this space. And it was pretty disaster. After twelve hours, we, we we went out, someone like accepted to take us back home, which was crazy just to wait there. I just wanted this this long day to end. We drove on this road, which we were supposed to go two, three, two near the Gaza Strip, near the party we went. <sighs> And it was just like, it's hard to say, but just like a war movie. The whole cars on the sides are burned. We don't have any glass windows in our car. Everything is burned. It was about five miles of, of cars all over the sides. And they, they've been cleaning, let's say. Half of the road, and the road was long. Not even when when we went out. From there, it was like two times alarms, for missiles blowed on top of my head. But in 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 the end, I I managed to escape. Sunday morning, five a.m. I'm home, not expecting any of this to happen to me when, when I just started this trip. And unfortunately, this just was the begin of of this war.
0: Yam um, and Tal, do you have anything to add to what Jamie has talked about?
2: So,
3: uh, first of all, thank you, Jamie, for sharing. I've been hearing from uh, firsthand. I, I, I did have the opportunity to hear from a couple of people. Um, but I do think it's super super important to hear, to make sure we we memorize these stories. And my biggest issue is, seems like people seen what's happening, saw what happened. Babies keep being kid- were kidnapped, uh, um, and, and 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 every and everything civilians, uh, innocent civilians kidnapped, murdered, injured, and. Again, seeing this and talking about okay, this didn't happen. This was legitimate. This was making the the biggest mental flexibility that they can to make sure this was fine. This is fine. This isn't as bad as you think. But what about other things? People trying to make sh- to make sure the narrative around this the the uh, the the horrific horrific uh, acts on october 7th and a lot that follows and a lot that uh, came uh, beforehand uh justified uh th- this is for me the biggest the biggest thing right now uh seeing people actually trying to to legitimize acts all, all, all over, and you there's there's a spectrum of uh, legitimizing this. There's one end where people are bluntly saying, "Yes, we should kill, we should get rid of Jews." You see people with, with signs and protests. Not not sure if any, anyone saw that the the sign with clean the world with uh, a trash can and the Jew. Sh- Shantav, you saw this one. This one. There's yeah, a lot of things. There's, there's people bluntly saying we should get rid of Jews. And the other spectrum is saying we understand uh, what Hamas did or what's happening over there. There's, there's a big spectrum on legitimizing these acts. And for me... You, you know there's anti-Semitism and hate and what and fake news on social media on even um, news media outlets and and, and and whatever any any scale there is from the smallest publication to the biggest uh, worldwide ones. But for me, seeing what's happening right now is. I don't know it's a switch even even though I knew this is uh, people hate us people whatever this was a big switch and I didn't grasp how much they can lie about what's actually happening how much hate people have towards us that's that's a big switch for me uh people from I don't know maybe uh, the the, the French president talking about why we need ceasefire. That's again, one end of the spectrum and UN representatives and uh, college professors. uh, I I don't recall the, sorry, but forgive me, but I I don't recall the specific names of the uh, academics uh, who were the academic institutes. Who are pro what's pro? Uh, I'm not sure how to call it pro pro. Not not sure pro Palestine is the right word because uh, pro um, murder, murdering of Jews. That's the I, I I think maybe the correct term. But that that's for me the big the big one here. The um, obviously except the the actual acts, but. Them legitimizing even even the the raid the lynch in in, in Dagestan a couple of weeks ago uh, in Russia one of the I'm not sure if it's, it's not a it's not, in in Dagestan in Russia there was this lynch where a lot of Muslims came into um, the 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 airport in Dagestan because they've yeah. heard there's a plane. Uh, from Tel Aviv, filled with Jews, and you can see the insane act where hundreds—I'm not sure about what, uh, how many people—but you saw the airport being infested by Muslims trying to catch. And obviously, the it's not—they're not looking to uh, negotiate their stance on the Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict. It seems like they're trying to kill to capture and kill the, the people coming from uh tel aviv it's Sorry.
0: almost like they're in a delirium don't you think there's no rational thought whatsoever they're just yeah, yeah, yeah. in this weird high place where there's no rational thought
3: yeah and you can see the 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 aftermath of not only the act itself but the way the act was uh portrayed in the media i saw the new york times title uh, a, a protest in Dagestan. The, the, that, that's not uh, that's not what a looks like. When you say pro- this was a protest, you're trying to legitimize because a protest is something legi- legitimate. So if we're trying to shut down, if we're trying to to call out what happened in Dagestan, we're anti-protest, we're anti-freedom, we're anti-democracy. But uh, we're, we're, we're mixing stuff up. This was not a protest. If they would have catched them, it, it it wouldn't end up in a, in a, in a nice discussion. Yeah. That's for me, one of the biggest things happening right now. That's a big shock for me.
0: All right, Shem Tolf, if you have some brief thoughts. And then after that, can one of you kind of take us Americans through the history, what that geography is like in your part of the world? And what is the conflict over the Gaza Strip? What is the Gaza Strip? If you Because for me, I am really stupid. I'm one of those stupid Americans who I don't know very much about it. And it's very confusing. And I think that's where Hamas is great about being on social media. And they spin it to what they want their story to be. And because we are so naive and ignorant here about it, we have no clue. I
1: agree. Um, So first of all, uh, about Tal, Tal is doing a great job. Uh, investing in doing those Tina, lives. Tina, I'm sorry, but... In those... I'm... Sorry? Yeah, what did you say?
3: I'm saying I'm being called and I have to go. I'm sorry. It's That's okay. Of a... <laughs> yeah, good, sorry. And thank Take you care. for the opportunity to share, Tina. Paul, uh, thank
0: you so much. Maybe we can do this you. another time, too. Okay. I'd love to get your perspective. Thank you so much. we happy to. Please stay safe and God bless. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then there so were two. Al, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so about Sal, uh, he's doing a great job on the social media to reveal those lies stories and he present it like in a really great way. So I'm really like you know uh, proud of him for doing it. And you know what is I have like two stuff. One that I want to adjust to uh, Jamie's story. I would start with that. So first of all, it's really sad. Like what Jamie said right now, it's like. Really, uh, let's say a small piece from a lot of like huge pieces that are out there. For example, one like a really good friend of us that also Tom knows because he used to work with us at a marketing company. As I mentioned before, we started uh, the session. Uh, So he came to the party and a couple of days after we saw uh, a photo of him in the uh, internet, hiding in like a sewer pipe uh, and it's just, he it took a selfie there for his mom. And unfortunately a couple of days after we got the message that she got slaughtered and unfortunately they couldn't recognize the body because they butchered him. So they can, all, like, they can only uh, identify him by taking a DNA test. Uh, so this is for his memory. His name is Ben and was a good friend and a great guy. He also fought in 2014, and uh, unfortunately, he had a PTSD. So I I can't imagine for him experience that kind of stuff with PTSD. That's really broke our heart. with a really great person. And I'm going again to all those people there that kind of justifying, as Tal said, Hamas actions, and some of them saying, of course they're going to do it. It's a resistance. Like they resist the colonizer. And I have a question, raping women, murdering babies, put them in the oven, raping girls in front of their uh, loved ones and then shoot them in the back and kidnap elderly, That's, that's count as a resistance? I don't think so. This is not how you resist stuff. And for me, like hearing those nonsense, it's like really burning me from the inside because this is like really crazy. I don't, I don't, I'm not, even to my enemies, I'm not wishing to experience kind of like this kind of action. But I want to put you guys out there that like saying this, this is like a legitimate action to do in those scenarios. And I want to see that after what are you going to say about it? If it's like legitimate to do those kind of like poor actions. So this, for me, is like really burning inside of me. And, and with that being said, I'm going to Uh, go over a little bit of the history between, uh, you know, the Gaza Strip and Israel. I'm going to do it as fast as I can and as detailed as I can. Uh, So I'm going back to 47, 48, of course, 1947, 48, uh, when, uh, you know, a lot of Jewish people came from Europe after we had the Holocaust. And a lot of people came to their families, to their homeland. uh, Because for us, you know, we have like a long history the Jewish people felt the safety like to come here to Israel. And, and, you know, when we got the legitimate, we got legitimate by the UN and we got declared as a country, then like, you know, we we lived here side by side with the Arabs, you know, Jewish and Arabs together. Uh, But I guess that the Arabs didn't like the fact that a lot of Jewish are coming right now. And when we got declared as a country, then, you know, we had like the first, were in Israel uh, as an as a country against all the Arab countries surrounding us and also the Arabs that inside of Israel tried to fight us as well we, and thanks God and our like you know brave soldiers and brave citizens we won this uh fight and a lot of those Arabs that lived here uh, ran away to Gaza and that is how Gaza Strip uh, you know started basically, uh, so that happened in 1947, 1948. So is Gaza outside of
0: Israel then? Explain to us where Gaza Strip no, is. Oh, no,
1: it's, it's here in, Isra- it's in okay. Israel. It's in Israel. It's in Israel. But in 1949, we kind of like draw uh, the borders. We draw it. We didn't put any uh, blocks between of us yet. Uh, but in 49, there were like kind of like draw. We draw a, like a border that this is the Gaza Strip like let's say the refugee um, place. And this is Israel. So they're gonna have their place and we're gonna have ours. And like since then until 1967, uh, Gaza Strip was in the end of Egypt. Egypt uh, controlled the Gaza Strip. Okay. Uh, You know, there were like back and forth of Israel, Egypt, Israel, Egypt, but most of the time it was Egypt controlled there. I have to say that Egypt didn't accept them as their um, civilians. They kind of treat them as refugees. And again, I'm talking those like Muslims. Yeah, they're both Muslims. They're supposed to take care of each other. But the Egyptians didn't give them any citizenship. They treat them as like Palestinians, like outsiders. And then 1967, we had the Six Days War. Again, we had a fight against Egypt and Jordan and like all those uh, countries that uh, came against us. And thanks God, we conquered. We managed to uh, back them off and uh, we conquered the lands over there and without like thinking twice you know different countries other countries would probably like stay and colonize the place but what we did was a smart move a strategy move we looked for peace because we want to live in peace so what we did we got back sinai and also the gaza strip to the egyptian as like kind of a a kind action to show them that we're willing to do peace so you're going to take the land back and guess what? The Egyptian got Sinai back, but what did they do with the Gaza Strip? They told us, "You keep it. We don't want it." And since then, uh, we controlled the Gaza Strip uh, until 1993, 1994. The Oslo uh, agreements. And I have to say that in 1992, Itzhak Rabin, uh, the Prime Minister of Israel at the time, he said that, like, "Listen, guys, we have to put borders." over there, like literally physical borders. And he said it because of an, a terror event that happened in a place called Bethlehem uh, of terrorists, sorry, that came there and uh, um, shot people and killed them, like uh, innocent civilians. And since then he said, and Rob, I want to make, sh- like, make sure that you guys know Robin. Robin was like the greatest uh, prime minister in Israel mm. for peace. He looked for peace. That's the only thing that he wanted. So if this guy is calling for putting a like a really border, like a physical border, that, that means something. Uh, and then like he offered that in 1992, in 1993, in 1994, Oslo agreements, we handed over the key to the Gaza Strip, to the Palestinian Authority. Uh, and also in 1996, the border was finished. Like we have done like building it. And since 1994 that we gave the key back to the Palestinian Authority, we just had like back and forward with the Gaza Strip, like they shooting us bombs. We react, they shooting, we react. And then we decided that we have to put a stop to that. And then we conquer it back. And in 2005, uh, we decided, you know, to give them the opportunity to develop themselves. So during the years, uh, we gave them a lot of opportunity for a two, like two-state solutions. In '48, we uh, addressed them and told them, listen, guys, let's split the territory. They didn't want it. I'm going back to '67. We also offered that. They ignored it and they didn't want it. I'm going to 2000. Ehud Barak offered them again like two-state solution. They rejected it. I'm going to now, now I'm going to this year that I'm talking about, like two thousand and five, two thousand and six, that Israel back off the Gaza Strip. It's called Gush Katif. So we backed off. We took all the Israelis. We fought we fought among ourselves. Like we literally as an army had to stop Israelis that live there and take them out like you know in force from their home, you know, cause we wanna give it back to uh the Palestinian authority so they're gonna have you know the proper opportunity to raise a great state over there and what happened the day after we got back and they got the key to the like to the uh, Gaza strip we got bombed and we got fired by bombs so for us being kind that's what we got uh, and then in 2006 uh, we had uh, Gilad Shalit kidnapped uh, to the Gaza strip Um, And of course, we're trying to get them, we bombed them, they asked for ceasefire, they got stronger. And then also in 2008, Ehud Olmert, with all those stuff that happened that I'm telling you right now, Ehud Olmert offered them again a two-state solution. And of course, what did they do? They rejected. You know, during the years, we had a lot of back and forward with them. And since then, you know, it was like 2006, the last time we gave them the key uh, to control. And then in 2006, as you know, Hamas got elected. In democracy, uh, to control there, and we are in 2023, and they still haven't built a country. And why is that? Because they controlled by a terrorist organization that happened to be their government by democracy. And it's the same that happens with the Nazis. The same patterns. They got elected democracy, like in democracy, and you know we know what happened after. And those leaders that are sitting down there, like you know Ichia Sidwar. And all of these uh, staff and the crew live in amazing uh, conditions in like five-star hotels. They are like billionaires. They got plenty of money. And what do they do with their people? Nothing. Their people live in poverty right now there. And also back in the days, like they live in poverty during the years. And meanwhile, their leaders got richer and richer. And we can see it right now. That also, you know, they got their leaders, took the money to themselves, but the money that is like kind of a id from different countries, from the UN, from the US, from wherever you want, is not going to the civilians. It's taken by Hamas to build uh, their uh, infrastructure, like the terror infrastructure, to build missiles. They took literally pipelines that was supposed to be for water and they built mis- like missiles from it. Uh, they buying weapons from different countries. So instead of like invest the money that they get, you know, and the money from uh, the leaders in building the right education, building hospitals, trying to like you know give better life to their civilians. What do they do? They organize terror organization and they live their best life outside of uh, you know the territory of their people.
0: Jamie, how big? is the Gaza Strip, and you hear a lot here in the United States about how the Palestinians were trapped there. This is before October 7th, and then they couldn't get in and out. That they just had to stay there in this little area. What is the truth about that?
2: As, as Shemtov said, we had back and forth on, on this territory so many times, but in the casual times before this, uh, this uh, the 7th in October, we always tell them, listen. When something is going to happen, you need to evacuate. Go south. Go to 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 Egypt. And on and on the other side, they don't want to have them, so they cannot tell us. Be humans. When we ask them, listen. Now, things going to happen. We want to keep them safe. We are even opening uh humanitarian lines for them to go outside, and. The, the, the Hamas is just sabotaging everything. The truth for me is that we actually trying because because this this territory is so small and if we didn't care about anybody, it was easy to do what needed to do if if we wanted to do that. But it's not that way. We're going infantry. We're going the safest way without uh, killing the hostages but we're still doing what everybody's outside is asking us to do and on the other side everybody thinks is things are good over there but you know like Shemtov said all the things are going to the terrorist organizations they say they're poor i don't know how much you think missile cost for them how they can how can they say they're asking for money ask for help when they're spending the whole money on things just to hurt us just to break us. so for me th- this is the truth this is the like like we are trying to do our best for saving us saving our so so and, and every time when soldier is going to a war going to somewhere he knows always that we're gonna do everything to get them back everything this is the hope this is the spirit.
0: How did Hamas win an election? what did they promise the people? And why is America so implicit in putting into power these evil people?
1: Um, so, first of all, Hamas was created in 1987, if I'm not wrong. And to be honest, they pr- promised them as like, you know, every party probably promising to his, uh, you know, his uh, choosers and his like... Um, crowd before he's getting elected so probably they they promised them like great life I, I don't really like know for sure but i can guess you know as a polit, if i'm trying to get into a politician mind you're probably going to say everything to get you choose him that's usually what happened in everywhere and i guess that's what they did to the palestinian over there so the palestinian authority didn't give you nothing we can do it. So I guess that's the stuff that they probably told them. Also, you know, uh, Hamas as an ideology, you know, we, they got their like a, kind of like a contract, a, like a sheet of paper that literally saying that Jews need to be killed, like Israelis need to be destroyed. And I guess that some of them, you know, during the years, because of the war, become like a really Israel haters. And I guess that's another reason for them to be elected. Because they might do the job that the Palestinian authority couldn't done uh, but those are kind of like assumptions right now other than the uh, hamas uh, sheet of paper this is really, like true and real this is something that you can also read about it in google and why the american want them to be like out there i, I guess that as the palestinian uh, people taught in 2005 and we taught in 2005 that they're going to be better than the Palestinian Authority. I guess that was the uh, mindset. That was what everybody thought. And unfortunately, we uh, we found out later on that uh, that was a great mistake.
0: Jamie, what is the difference between Palestine and Gaza? Because when we say free Palestine, which is all over the United States here, is that different than Gaza? Are people confused by that? Do they mean the same?
2: Um, I think they think they say the same, but it says different things. The thing is the Palestinian in Israel, the, the citizens, they get the same thing as we get, the Israelis, because we live two, two kinds of people in the same country. So there is no difference between us. The Palestinians they have also the same ID that we have. The guys that live inside the country they can be elected to the Knesset they could be so many things if they want and they have the opportunity over here in this country. As I see it. A lot of Arabs inside Israel were so um, confused and, and pissed off for what happened in the Gaza Strip because it's They know that inside here is good and they can destroy everything for them as well. It's not just killing us. Sometimes they missile on on the on the Palestinians and they don't even aim for anything. They just like shooting. They hit also Arab villages as well, Palestinian villages. So it's not about Gaza and it's not about the Palestinians as well. It's everything is all about Hamas. They doing the most of the troubles over there as well like you heard before also for us and also for for i would say everybody so if they say freedom it's not the same they are free in our country as much as they want
1: i wanna make a, like i wanna clarify stuff when they call them palestinians eventually it's like what like let's go back to uh, you know the greek uh, greek uh, time like you know the roman time Like, I I don't remember who was the Caesar that called it, like, uh, something Palestinian. That's where the name came from. And eventually, Palestinians is also Jewish. Like, we are also Palestinian because it's not that it's, like, Arab meaning. It's general name that the area got from some Caesar that came and conquered here. So this is one thing. When people outside, you know, of Israel saying, like, free Palestine, they don't really understand what they are talking about because you got the West Bank, you got Israel itself. You know that West Bank is part of Israel. Eventually, some of the parts uh, we are allowed to go there, and some of them, like if you're gonna go there, <laughs> I don't want to even imagine what's gonna happen to you. And you got also Gaza, and I'm hearing a lot of people saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And you know when they're saying that, like you know, I love to hear to Ben Shapiro asking this question. Because it's always the same answer. For them, it's raising Israel out of the map. Like it's taking all of Israel. You know, it's not, they are not really thinking about what they are saying. And then when you ask him, wait, so you're saying that you want Israel out of the map? No, 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 I'm not saying that. I want free Palestine. People do not understand what they are chanting and what they are shouting. And I want to add something from the stuff that I said before about the people in Gaza. So Jamie just said about we are, Uh, telling them when we are notified them before we are attacking so we can minor the casualties and we, uh, you know, targeting only the Hamas terrorists. That's what we are doing, literally, you know, like not like the other side that is literally targeting civilians, you know, in terms, you know, when they got inside Israel, when they crossed the border, they literally went to civilians area. And on on the way, they got some of the bases that are in the area, so they attacked them as well. But the main target was the civilian area. And if I'm looking to our side right now, you know, so we are literally going and like aiming to Hamas terrorists that unfortunately hiding behind babies and shooting from civilians area. We got a lot of like proofs right now. Uh, You know, you can see it all over the news. Uh, of soldiers walking and showing literally children rooms, and in the other room, in like literally next door, you see like rocket launchers, and you see like a, a lot of like AK forty sevens and weapon all over, like you know a stash of weapons, and like today I just saw, and also like in uh, the mind camp of Hitler in Arabic, in like a literally like school, you know those are the stuff that we are seeing there, and we are like. They really want like peace, you know. When they ask for this ceasefire, and when all the world like like shouting ceasefire and let's make peace, how can you make peace with a terror organization that they, their leaders actually saying that they are willing to sacrifice their own people to the war during their hiding, like you know, all this Hamas soldiers hiding under the tunnels, and their like civilians is up there, you know, and they're like. How can you make peace with those kind of people? That's like literally insane. Like you see all of them, for example, there were this guy, uh, what is his name? Uh, Abu Barzouk, I think is was his name. So he said like the thing that I just said about uh, uh, them sacrificing people and that it is what it is. Like people have to sacrifice themselves so Hamas will live longer. Or for example, their leader, Iki Sinwar. It repeated like after we're going to do the 7th of October again and again and again. And when people chanting for peace, you have to understand there is no government right now over there that we can make peace with. Because those people literally by ideology, if you ask me, this is all uh, the concept of this conflict. It's ideology. It's not the lands. It's not the occupied lands. It's not that, um, I don't know, we... Uh, we kind of like uh, push back Arabs from their own places, and etc. and etc. And we are racist. This is not that it's ideology that it's built inside them. This is like an idea that they implant inside their heads of like you need to aid the Jews, you need to aid the Jews. There is no reason, and that's in my opinion, and a lot of others, the main reason for this conflict. And I want to add to this. Uh, on the paper, they are our enemies. So, why should I supply water, food, electricity uh, to the Gaza Strip? Eventually, what they did with their own pipeline is big missiles, you know? So, first of all, we did this until the war started. And eventually, we also opened it again in the south so we can evacuate as much people as they can. But people are not speaking about the other stuff that we are doing for the Gaza Strip. And that's why I'm like really. Sorry that I'm taking it too long, but I, no, I think it's really important for people to understand it. I I just said like in the first, in the beginning of the session that I'm a certified nurse and I'm working, in, I used to work in Bellington Hospital. And Bellinson Hospital has an agreement with Shifa, uh, with Israeli mediators that literally bringing, uh, let's say, like, really hard cases they cannot really treat there, and they don't have the gear there. Because eventually, you know, all the money go to Hamas. So they literally taking, let's say, heart conditions that they cannot treat their uh, children with defects since they are born, and we, they deliver them to us, and we are taking care of them. Like you know, those art cases that they cannot treat there, and we are doing it for them. And I want to tell you another secret. I don't know if you know that Yehya the great leader of Hamas. You know that he had a tumor, and you know who take care of him? Us, the Israelis. Look what we have now. You know, so I guess this is like the biggest mistake of the Israel country by helping him. And, you know, look, we kind of uh, feed ourselves with our own medicine. Other than that, like, you know, Arabs from Gaza coming to work in Israel. They got like, you know, these permissions to come and work here. Nobody's talking about this id as well as the hospital id, because eventually it's easy and it's fashion to aid the Jews. It's like, as I said in the first of the session, whoever screams loudly is going to be heard. And these small actions that are huge, huge. Think about a family that uh, getting an answer from Shifa hospital. Listen, we don't have nothing to do with your baby. And we are taking him in charge. We take in charge of this case and we treat the baby and we help them. And we get him home safely and healthy. Think about like those kind of little actions that is like I think is the most and greatest human uh, action, like humanity and like um, active like action that you can do for those families. Hamas doesn't do those stuff for them, and this is stuff that I want to make sure that people understand. Like like this evening, Jamie, I don't know if you heard about it, but in this evening news, you saw literally. Uh, soldiers walking with like fuel tanks to Shifa hospital and you hear, so we have like an, a coordinator from behalf of the army that's speaking to Shifa uh, over there, like the CEO of the hospital uh to be, I don't know, on electricity and some uh, life machines or whatever they have there that they need to evacuate with. And guess what? Hamas
2: was sabotaging us. I want to add something. Yes, please. Think about that. About the protest, and I want everybody who has been listening to this podcast to think about something. Think about how the pro-Israelis protest looks like. What they support, what they stand for, and look at the other side, the pro-Palestine. Every time it's violence. Every time it's like vandalism on on the streets, on on statues, which is so important to each of the countries even in in the us even in in england everywhere it's just like like i said like shanto said it's hate it's no supporting it's just hate instead of being supportive and just you know protest because protest is like just shouting not more than that and we heard so many jews getting killed in protest all over the world so if They think they can tell us about humanity. Look what you're doing outside. How you look like instead of look at yourself.
0: Hamas is great about making Israel look horrible. Their strategy is very evil. They do things that, of course, is going to make Israel look bad. The things they do, like we've already talked about, how they put their rockets in civilian areas so that when Israel fires back, it goes in civilian areas. Um, From what I understand, they put their tunnels under schools, things of that nature, because they know when Israel fires back, there is going to be civilian casualties, which makes you look like the aggressor. It makes you look like the evil nation. And when we see- Two in the United States, as you were talking about, Jamie, in Washington, D.C., that protest there. And it makes me angry because they basically tried to climb over the fence at the White House. Nobody was arrested. The statues, which I hold to be like sacred, they're like our founders and and different people that did great things here. They desecrated them, put the Palestinian flags up above them, tried to take down American flags, put graffiti all over them. It's really hard for me to wrap my brain around people who support Hamas. It it makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. They are evil. You can't even call them people. To me, they're animals and people that want to negotiate. Well, why can't you just negotiate? You cannot negotiate with people like this. You can't, because as I said, they're not people. They're not rational. They have their agenda in their head that is so warped and so evil. The only thing they want is complete control. What are your thoughts on any of that that I just said?
1: You basically said everything that is on everybody's mind, like on every Israeli, every American. And I guess it should be in every realistic and... I don't know, like a regular person, like, you know, regular person might not should think that way. Like, eventually, we're looking at Hamas. Hamas is a terror organization. Same thing as ISIS. Same thing as the Jihad. All those groups. They're saying it out loud. They're not as shy. They're, like, they are of course, like, i going to say, out, like, out there in TV, we are terrorists, but, but eventually, everybody knows that, and ignoring it. So, uh, you know, disrespect, or... are like hypocrite like because actually if i'm looking right now on the world war ii and it healed two million civilians up there so all this like you know doing a genocide and everything doesn't mean it's wrong it's not that like you know when you have those terrorists like this terrorist organization taking its own people like you know it's literally the government taking its own people and put them as a human shield it doesn't mean that they have like a, a a immunity. It doesn't make that Hamas have immunity because they are shooting from children' house, like children' rooms, or from schools, or from wherever. It Doesn't give them any uh, immunity. Eventually, Israel needs to protect itself. It doesn't matter how much time it's gonna take. It doesn't matter what's gonna take. Maybe it would do matter what's gonna take because eventually there are civilians over there uh, that there are. Innocent, And unfortunately, Hamas is holding them from, you know, running to the south or protecting themselves, you know, in like hiding or whatever. But eventually Israel is going to eliminate Hamas. And for that being happened, we need every help that we can get also from the inside and also from the outside, from the people in the world to understand that this terror organization is the one that like eventually we have to blame for. This situation happened, like, you know, for the 7th of October, that triggered the Israelis to do whatever we need to do to take out the hostages from there and eliminate the threat. And eventually, if we look back, as if you're going to ask people in the street, no, it's not because Hamas, it's 75 years of occupation. Guys, look at the facts. You got a lot of options to get a two-state solution. You got a lot of options to live with us. We have two millions Arabs living with us side by side, working with us at the same work, going out with us to the same restaurant. Like, you know, them calling us an apartheid. As Jimmy said, we have people like our people in the government, Muslims. As I said, in an ideology to hate the Jews. Nothing more than that.
2: I have another thing to say. You know, for us in this country, we say the 17 October was as like your 9-11 in, in the state. it's the same thing. It's against terror organization. And it's so easy to say when it's far away to blame someone to say, but when it's happened to you guys, unfortunately, you've done so many actions to protect the, your country, your land, that something like that would never happen again. So when we do that, I cannot think about how people say that We're doing bad stuff. We're just protecting ourselves. First thing first. Second thing is making sure we're doing it in the most safest way. And, you know, we're not... It's it's so hard to say. We're not flying miles away to demolish this terrorist organization. We're trying to do it next to us, next to our houses. Three kilometers, one mile from Israel State.
0: Jamie, I have to correct you on something, though. For September 11th, what actually happened to Israel is worse because of the population difference. From what I understand, it would be like 30,000 people were killed on September 11th instead of 3,000. So what happened to you, to your country, is 10 times worse.
2: Yeah, but for us, you know, it's just like how to To connect to the world, to understand if for you guys it was the biggest thing, but you got a sad day in this day. It's the same over here. We had in in more casualties, but it's the same. Heartbroken. It's the same. No safety in the in this country.
0: I I don't know if you've seen the photo. It's a drawing, and it has um a Hamas soldier down on his knees, pointing a gun. And in front of him is a child. And then on the other side, there's an Israeli soldier with a gun pointing towards Hamas. And the child is behind him. Isn't that a simple but perfect example of what is going on here? Simple
1: as that. There is nothing much to say, like to add. Nearly simple as that.
0: And my thing is, too, is, and you both have said it, what is Israel supposed to do? If you do not take out Hamas completely, what are you supposed to do? People are talking about ceasefires, let's stop, all the atrocities. What is Israel supposed to do? Just stop and wait for the next terrorist attack? That's what I don't understand. Because it will come, correct? It will come.
1: It's a matter of time. So first of all, I can say that I guess in behalf of myself and also behalf of Jamie, that what's going to happen We don't really know because we are not like uh, in the head of the politics here in Israel and we are not in the head of the IDF, but we can think uh, about, like, again, from our behalf, what we think should be. So I'm going to speak for myself and then Jamie, if you want to add something for sure, knock yourself out. So again, Hamas, like, you know, as we said, that we went there, this road, this path back and forth for too long. Like for us, the seventh of October means enough is enough. We're not gonna stand any more of this back and forth. People uh, that going to the battlefield battlefield and their loved ones doesn't really know if they're gonna come back or not. We don't want raves to be ruined and people are gonna be shooted in the head and slaughtered and burned alive because they are Jewish death and Israelis that like you know, living their best, and, like enjoying life like Jamie did. Uh, We can't stand it anymore. So if you ask me, my perspective is, one, we have to eliminate Hamas. You know, we can't stand these things anymore. The second thing is that we have to understand what's going to be the best for us first, and second, for the Palestinian people that are in Gaza right now suffering. Uh, So if I was the prime minister, I would probably try to figure out a, a government that can room there right now there is a chaos so i don't know how they're going to go out from this kind of situation but i hope that it's going to be a government that we can negotiate with and we can literally build something with them you know peace with them together like a peace agreement and also help them structure themselves again and start from like you know fresh and starting new life starting a new country and then we're going to have like a two-state solution that's me as an optimistic side of me trying to do that. But right now in this situation, when Hamas is taking control of there, nothing of the stuff that I just said can happen.
0: Do you have anything you want to add to that, Jamie?
2: Yeah, I think as I see it first thing, you know, you ask me this question, which hurts me a lot because I, I need to be the one who asked this question outside to the world. Ask them, what should I do if if I know that it's going to happen again? What you would do if it was your country? This is my this is what I want to add because everybody's asking us questions, pointing the fingers. They don't look outside and and say, okay, if it wasn't in my house, in my home, what would I do? They just know could to say what what is wrong and what is right from far away without knowing the story. And. I think we just need what we need to do to keep us country safe, and it's not saying killing um, civilians, which is not supposed to be involved. I'm just saying, keep us safe. We've we've done it before. You, uh, I think, also the U.S. done it before. You need to make the country safe. This is what the people wants. This is what people need in these in these times. We feel like things could fall apart, it's a very crucial time. And we need to earn the, the respect and trust of this nation because we're doing so much for ourselves and we want someone to back us up, someone who, who who is gonna support us, not because we are Israel, because we're humans first thing.
0: Well, you know what? That is a natural um, progression into a question for either one of you. Why should America care about what's happening in Israel?
1: Jim, you want to answer this first?
2: Yeah, I would like to answer first because I need to run for a shift to guard where I live, which is also very absurd. If you ask me one month before where I'm going to be, I would say keep on studying, keep my life. Instead of that, I need to guard where my parents live with a weapon, which I thought I finished with it and, and just everything is collapsing again. Uh, so I need to run away, unfortunately.
0: Jamie, um, it's been a pleasure though. I'm so glad you've been here. I'm so sorry that we had to meet under these circumstances.
2: Yeah, but thank you very much for, 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 for giving us your time and I think you, you can feel that, that this is very, very important. Not just not just for us, for for the whole world, as I see it. It's not just ending in Israel, U.S. I don't know what it's ending in the whole world. If the whole world is gonna leave the humanity, we just like like we say in in for our beloveds that have gone. This world is too crucial for you to live in. So let's make this world a peace without like people need to get their their purposes and the purpose is not killing people the purpose is to get your dreams and live your life this is what we want over here hopefully we're gonna get back to life and 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 we're gonna see that all around us supposed to support life i want people to support life not support death.
0: thank you jamie and you're welcome back anytime you're definitely in our prayers as well as all of Israel. So thank you and stay safe.
2: Thank you very Good much,
0: night. Tina. Shem well, this kind of is really <laughs> relevant. Don't you think that Tal and Jamie had to leave for security yep, yes. purposes? Doesn't that say a whole lot? Isn't that the reason for this podcast episode? I mean, totally. I hate for them to leave, but at the same time, I'm thinking... How timely is that that we're doing this, and they actually have to leave to protect their family, to protect their country?
1: I agree. This is uh, this is our reality right now. Uh, thanks God, it. I uh, kind of like uh, took a step back, and I got like permission, you know, from the commanders to be literally uh, like a little bit out uh, of the operations right now that are currently happening, uh, because they understand uh, the importance. Of the social media war, to get this stage to be like you know heard and speak about the situation here is much as much uh, like it's uh, as much important as the physical fight. Uh, so that's why I'm gonna be here and uh, staying with you and uh, fill these uh, empty places of uh, challenging.
0: Well, I have. Um... Really, what I think is a stupid question, it's a stupid question for me, but I'm going to ask it. And it's not anything laughable, but it kind of is. You've probably seen on social media, these things that uh, these kids holding the sign that says LGBTQ plus for Palestine. Like, what are your thoughts on that? It's like these kids have no clue whatsoever. What are your thoughts on that? What are they not understanding?
1: So, first of all, when you ask this question, as you saw my phone also like left, uh, you know, it was in like an LOL mode and fell away. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's ridiculous because this is just telling me how much they don't really know what they are chanting, what they are adoring and what they are supporting right now. If you will go to Gaza as a lesbian or gay or transgender, whatever, they're literally going to cut your head off. And don't tell me these stories that it's a lie and it's just like you mating up stuff. Go try it. Let's see what happens. It's going to be a one-time experience probably. But that's what's going to happen to them, period. And when they're going to realize that and understand it, they're going to like, you know, I hope for them it's not going to be too late. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there is like a funny photo uh, that they took like the first photo of this, like uh, the LGQBT like, you know, standing with a sign and then you see like a photo of like the KFC chickens yeah. standing with a sign. That's like, you know, we are laughing about it, but this is like literally the truth. That's what's going to happen to you. They're going to literally throw you from a building for you being gay or lesbian or transgender and people don't understand it. That's like
0: That's what our universities are teaching, Shem Tov, is that Israel is bad and the other side is where they have the moral high ground, which it just boggles my mind to, I I can't even comprehend it. What does Allah Akbar mean to you? We talked a little bit about from the river to the sea, you mentioned that when people are chanting that, what is that?
1: So Allah, it's God. So it's their God. Akbar, it's big. So Allah, Akbar, it's like the God is big. Well, that doesn't sound bad.
0: What's its connotation? No,
1: that doesn't sound bad, but exactly. So I'm going to tell you what exactly they are mean. Usually they're saying it like kind of like a prayer, like thanks God for us being here, thanks God for us being Muslims or whatever. But, and there is like a big but, they are also saying it, before they are committing suicide bomb, like suicide, uh, you know, bomb themselves, you know, uh, committing like a self-suicide. Uh, they are saying it as like a prayer. So this is like the bad, one of the bad, uh, uh ways to say Allah Akbar, you know. The other stuff is that, let's, for example, take 9-11. When 9-11 happened and America uh, notified about 3,000 people that got like literally like died, they got murdered sorry, murdered in that scenario, what happened in the streets in the Arab countries? They were like happy and they said Allah Akbar and this was kind of like, thanks God for that happened. I know people can call me racist after that but this is the complete truth uh, of this kind of like the word. So there is like a good meaning for it and they also can use it as a bad meaning as we can see in everywhere you know you can see you know what there is like a funny example there is like a youtube channel of like a, some arabic that kind of pranking people you know and they're dressed as arabs they are arabs by the way it's not something racist they are dressed as arabs they are taking bags they're shouting Allah akbar and they're dropping the bag into the store and run away you know what happening in this kind of scenario people literally run away everywhere because what they know is that this bag is going to explode. Like this guy just said Allah Akbar, he's dressed as Arab and he throw a bag inside there. And you know, for them it's funny. But for us, this is like the reality. This is stuff that we saw. We saw people chanting Allah Akbar and then going to stab soldiers. This is like the reality. And you know, for them laughing about it, it just shows how much it's real. You know, they literally, they believe it. Like, you know, they sing it. They, when they say Allah Akbar, sometimes that there is like a bad meaning for it.
0: Have you heard about the AI controversy? I'm sure you have, haven't
1: mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yep. So that has been going around big time the last few days about how all these photos that are coming out are doctored. And of course, it's always where Israel is the bad guy that's doing the doctoring. Are they the ones doing the doctoring? Have you seen that sure. one that little 100%. boy who has the six fingers? Yeah,
1: the six fingers. Yeah, I saw <laughs> everything because I'm really involved on the social media. I'm and, literally and, trying to be as much as I can.
0: And I don't think either one of us are disputing that there are some innocent casualties that are happening.
1: 100%. 100%. And again, I really feel sorry for those casualties. Seeing little kids, both sides, yeah, seeing them like dead uh, on the floor, bleeding getting into oven or, you know, getting bombed. It's really, really hard to see it and really sad. I'm not a father yet, but I hope that in the future I will be, I will not have to think about scenarios like that for my kid. Uh, so for them, I really feel sorry for the innocent people and the innocent kids that had to uh, unfortunately die because of this war. Again, war zone, war, it's like a really bad thing. Nobody loves war, but eventually when you get someone to a point that is like, you know, with his face to the uh, wall, you have to react. Sorry, I got into it. What was the question again? I was like really into, uh,
0: that's okay. Really it's into just like, the, no. the AI war that's raging now. All these photos, like there are no, you know, and all the the falsehoods that are coming out. there, there were not 40 babies that were beheaded. None of this happened. Yeah. It was all doctored. None of it is true. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So for those guys, uh, <laughs> Those guys can, uh, I don't want to say the bad words, but you know what they can do with themselves saying that 40 babies uh, are not true. Because I got like literally friends that saw that in their own eyes, unfortunately. But we are not animals. We're not going to spread photos of 40 babies least because first of all, we respect the deads. We keep their honor. So we're not going to show babies out there in terms of respect and honor, and also think about you as 12 years old, sitting down in the couch, watching CNN or BBC or whatever, and literally seeing photo of like ba- like headless babies. You know what is gonna do to your soul as like a children or somebody that is not on like you know on like somebody's on the spectrum or is not 100% with his mental health. Those guys can have like PTSD and memories for the entire life. So we do not do those stuff. Unfortunately, we got to a point right now that uh, I think you know uh, Gal Gadot, uh, you know from Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So she invited like a lot of celebrities to watch the horror movie of the 7th of October, cause we didn't have any more choice. It it didn't go to the TV, but it was like in a one, a movie that she screened uh, for those people, so they understand better that first of all it's not AI. Second of all. That's what happened. And don't tell all of those loud voices to, uh, you know, telling you that it didn't happen. And Israel is always lying. And this is AI. So as as someone that is really into AI and found my, like, uh, the latest job right now uh, with AI using ChatGPT, I can tell you that a lot of, like, the photos of them are literally, we call it Pollywood. You know what? Like, I don't know if you saw it. So we literally see people, like, you know, screenshot and video people, like, you know, cover themselves in blood and stuff like that. So then yeah. when the media comes, they're going to be ready. Those kind of stuff are like crazy. But look how creative Hamas, and not also Hamas, also, by the way, it's also people from there that support Hamas, how creative they are to show the people, you know, a lot of people are into, in the telegram of Gaza. Or watching BBC or CNN or Al Jazeera, you know those kind of places that shows all this horror without censors it, and you know for them doing all the sex guys, we of you because you are that stupid to put the video that you're organize yourself to this kind of like you know act, and you're putting it out there. Come on, guys, we are not that stupid to believe everything that you're seeing but again i'm saying that, but there are photos that are true of unfortunately casualties as you said uh, and again i'm going to repeat it i'm really sorry to see those kind of photos because again it's kids or women or so elderly and also men so yeah this is a really huge fight it's really hard to kind of like you know be heard there and tell like listen guys this is not an ai photo this is a true photo from the 7th of october because as i said there are more So they're like, you know, their voice is louder and they've been heard better because again, they are shouting, not like us, unfortunately.
0: What is life like in Israel right now for the average Israeli? And what is the mood? So right
1: now, uh, what is the mood? So I can tell you that in the first two weeks, the mood were like, we were devastated from whatever we saw. You know, think about it. I woke up in 6.30 on the 7th of October from an alarm and I was like, I'm not used to alarms. Like, I, I've i been in alarms like maybe twice in my life. Maybe. Uh, because I live in the center. I live in like center north. It's uh, So this area, it's not close to Hezbollah and it's not close to Gaza. So we're kind of like a safe zone. So for me, it was like, I, I like woke up, my girlfriend was like, Adam, like, check out your phone now. We're under attack. And she was like literally saying, literally, we are in a war. Like, we are literally they're really bombing us. And then everything with like, you know, the terrorist happened and the news kept, you know, uh, telling about it and think about that, like the news, like, you know, think like this, uh, couple of news uh, reporters sitting, sitting in a panel and list, answering to phones from people that inside the kibbutzes uh, that are getting slaughtered and shot by those Hamas terrorists and they're trying to navigate uh, the, uh, the like the army from the like the news that's like insane. Think about it, people like literally like whispering and telling where they are, cause Hamas is out there. Like you it know, was committing... brutal.
0: It was brutal. It's, it was what,
1: brutal. They headed people like I'm telling you the most horror thing that I ever like heard and unfortunately also saw in in my eyes from a photo of a friend uh, that was there. He's serving as uh, other special unit. I uh, can't really tell what he's done. But it's literally a woman, a pregnant woman, yeah, that got like stabbed in her stomach. They took out the baby. They shot the baby and they shot the woman. This is one case. The other case was they literally took a baby from his mother after uh, she got raped in front in, of her husband. And then they shot them both and they put the baby in the oven.
0: It makes me so sad. How? It just, ugh.
1: Uh, th- this is and how can people out there support this kind of stuff don't tell me this bullshit about it's 75 th- years of occupation it's uh, you are colonized them they are oppressed like i'm going to the black people that were oppressed you know back in the days they didn't do anything close to that so don't lecture me about be like oppressing
0: and especially Shantov, something... if you see that map that has the little part of Israel and then the rest of it, I mean it's really Israel's is just a small part.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Think about how much how many Arab countries they have around I'm not sure exactly, but I guess around twenty two Arab countries and only one Jewish country. Like come on. And don't tell me and lecture me about it was their birthright and etc. Because not. I'm going back. The Islam was born in the uh, seven, uh, the 7th century, I guess. Yeah, it's the 7th century. The Jewish were way, way, way back before that. We got literally Bnei Israel in the Quran. So don't lecture me about their birthright because it's not their birthright. And even, even, let's say hypothetically, that it's their birthright, You don't do stuff like that as a resistance. Yeah. Never.
0: What message would you like to give to the American people? And maybe especially to those who are siding with, you can say the Palestinian people, but really they're siding with Hamas. What message Mm -hmm. do you want them to hear?
1: First of all, wake up. Wake up. Because right now it's happening to us. But you guys experienced the 9/11, and those kind of stuff are gonna repeat itself over and over. Like if we're not gonna stop it right now, because those kind of terrorist organization need to be eliminated and need to be blamed in the entire world, not just by reasonable people. The entire world need to blame those kind of people and reject them for being like in a power uh, position. So this is first. Second of all guys, before you're listening to every news or every article or every social media video that you see, please investigate it. Because as you guys know, you, you are telling that, guys, you're saying that AI is out there. So you can't rely on one source. You got to like educate yourself. So if you're our, like, you know, your Palestinian friend, and I'm telling you that A lot of them are not Palestinians, and all of them burn in, in like in the state. But they love to call themselves Palestinians, to kind of being part of the victims. And you know, and isn't it convenient
0: too? Real quick, Tov, how they like cover their whole faces? Of course, so we cannot tell who they are.
1: Of course, it's convenient. Like eventually, you know, it's like if I'm going uh, to talk about, you know, Iran or uh, Egypt or Jordan, you know, the Egyptian. I think it was the prime minister who said there will not be refugees from Gaza entering Jordan or Egypt. And eventually those guys are saying, yeah, free Palestine, we support Palestine. Where have you been when Assad was like slaughtering kids over there? Where have you been? You didn't support it. but how convenient is that when Jews and Israelis have war, you know, to be out there for the Palestinian people. It's hypocrite. You know, they're like hypocrite. And this is the stuff that I don't like to see. You know, them being that You know, for Iran and all those countries, it's strategy. Eventually, what's happening here? If the U.S. is supporting Israel and Israel going to win this war and, I don't know, like, you know, taking uh, control in Gaza and eliminate Hamas or whatever happening with the different countries that going to, you know, attack us. For example, right now, Hezbollah is literally bombing us. Like, you, today, we had... 20 people that got heavily injured from Hezbollah rockets. So we are in uh, an ongoing uh, fight with uh, Hezbollah as well. So right now, Iran wants Israel to be in a situation that they're going to be eliminated because they don't want the U.S. to kind of like, you know, control the area, you know, to have allies here because eventually Iran is against the state. Uh, So this is all just political stuff. You know, Iran doesn't really care about the Palestinian kid. Jordan doesn't really care about the Palestinian kid. Also Egypt. It's all, sorry for the word, it's all huge bullshit. It's only, it's like, there's three things. Ideology, easy to aid Jews. Again, it's coming with the ideology and its strategy. It's political strategy, political, you know, it's kind of geopolitical. That's how it's called. That's the case over here. Um, so wake up, guys. This is not the truth that you think you are adoring. Wake up, you know.
0: I just have a few more questions. But first, sure. I just, I sympathize so much for your people because, again, I have no way of understanding the way that you live there are you in constant fear? I just, I can't even imagine in America, we're just so isolated. We've got our, our oceans, you know? And so we just have no way to fathom, like you said, Hezbollah, bom- I, 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 I can't even wrap my head around up Shem Tov. I can't even understand that. It's just, is it just what it is? Do you just, you get used to it? Oh, better head to the shelter or whatever
1: yeah so what's happening right now and i'm a little little bit going back to your question because i didn't really answer it fully so right now uh again as i said the two weeks of uh, after this event was like devastating for us and then we kind of you know as as kind of like a one unit so we kind of get ourselves as jews as we did back in world war ii we kind of get ourselves together jews from all over supporting uh, each other and that's something that helped to get the moral up you know people just even like the small actions of like texting us how are you doing how have you been uh, our heart is with you those kind of stuff is taking the moral up uh, also the food donations i can't lie i love food so it was really nice to have food and uh <laughs> that, like, my, food. my moral up exactly and i guess it like if i'm looking right now and let's take my parents yeah my parents thanks god living in kind of a safe zone in the middle uh, of israel so right now, if Hezbollah is gonna attack, then it's gonna they're gonna have a problem. But right now, when Gaza is attacking, they're fine. And now I'm gonna go to, uh, also, first of all, me and my brother are in the army. So their heart is always like, you know, bumping out of the chest, because they're worried that two of their kids are right here, and my sister is in Vietnam right now. Uh, she lives there, uh, yeah, and They are also worried about her because we are seeing what's going on in the entire world. So what's, you know, also in Vietnam, stuff like that can happen. Uh, So they care all all of three of us. So this is their worry, you know, first of all. Now, if I'm going to the center to my girlfriend and her parents, think about that. They have to be found near shelter all day long. So you're going to work, you have to have shelter uh, beside you. You want to go out to a restaurant, you have to figure out if this restaurant has a a bomb shelter. Uh, You want to go outside for jogging, you know, running or just breathe air. You have to be close to a bomb shelter. This is the reality of the Israeli right right now. As Jamie said, you know, there are times that you know that you cannot go taking a shower because in this time, usually they are bombing. We got into a reality of we set ourselves with Hamas schedule, and this is like crazy.
0: I am beyond words. It's all I can say. I'm beyond words. Why do you think the Jewish people have had so much hatred through generations? Why is that?
1: To be honest, like like I'm always saying to my friends, if somebody is hating us, probably is envious or jealous about the accomplishment that we uh, got during the years. Because if you're gonna look on Israel, we got so many people that got Nobel prizes for stuff that they invented. If we're gonna look at the medical part, we got so many startups in the medical area that got really and uh, became unicorns. Uh, check out our like you know our army. Thanks God, we now opening uh, mouth. We have like we have that our saying here that we don't want to open the mouth. Like you know we don't want to jinx ourselves, but. During the wars, all over the years, we had the courage and I I think it's also like us and also God uh, to protect ourselves and win all this war. So eventually, when you see someone succeed that much, I guess that you start to getting envy on them. That's my first opinion. Second of all, ideology. As I said, if somebody told you from since you're young, you have to aid the Jews, what are you going to do when you get older? Yeah. You're going to hate the Jews. You know what I mean?
0: What are your dreams for Israel and the Jewish people in the future? I can imagine peace is the biggest thing, but do you care to elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, for us doing, again, this back and forth with terrorists and with wars uh, that's surrounding us, that's kind of like, you know, we. it's kind of like enough is enough. We are like, Done from that, we don't want to keep fighting, like you know, you, they kind of like make us fight, we don't want it, we just want to live here in peace. You know, we have families back at home, we have our dreams that we are uh persuading and like pr- pursuing. Sorry, that we are pursuing, we have our like you know uh, brothers and sisters, and we that we want to go and travel with them and see the world, you know, in like peaceful mind that we're not gonna go somewhere and we're gonna be. Hate because we are Jews or we are Israelis, and unfortunately, I don't know what's going to happen in the early future or the like, the late future. But the thing's not going to be the same because right now, if I'm going to France or England or the U.S. and I'm wearing the Star of David and I'm proud of me being a Jew, I might be killed, like I might be uh, slaughtered, and like by, uh, you know, those extremist groups, and not even the extremist one. Also like the regular ones that are working on the streets. So for me, it's gonna have like, you know, peace is one thing. Second thing is to be safe being a Jew. Like, you know, being an Israeli, not thinking if I should speak Hebrew in this street or I should like playing, speaking English so nobody's gonna hurt me. So I guess that those kind of, those two stuff are for me the biggest dream. And if I'm gonna speak politically, is to find out eventually a solution that will figure uh, you know, the conflict and will end this conflict uh, once and for all.
0: What can Americans do to help Israel out? Are there places, charities that you recommend? What can we do?
1: So first of all, I guess that uh, you are really doing more than enough, uh, helping us, you know, in terms of like the morals, supporting us, uh, army-wise, political-wise, uh israel and the us always got each other back and it's important for us so for that thank you i guess the other thing that i'm gonna ask is not money uh because i don't think money gonna solve it it's gonna help for sure uh, that's 100 but i think that you guys standing together with us uh, with the truth against the false against the evil against the anti season this is the thing that uh i guess will help us the most you know when someone is uploading a false video you standing there and saying listen have you heard like the full story have you checked it have you verified it those are the kind of stuff that i guess will help us because as i'm saying always when i'm speaking to people and communities and like influencers there is like two wars right now going on the physical one that mm-hmm. i'm doing and the social media one that i'm yeah. also doing and uh you know I'm part of it as well. But the social media one, is, as I said before, is this almost, it's not almost, it's a must, it's, um, sorry, it's like late night here. I know, uh, it's really late where you it's are. As much important, it's as much important as the physical one. We need you guys to be out there with us, supporting us and trying to do whatever you can uh, to kind of like, you know, stop those lies. And also, if I'm taking it a little bit farther back, You got, as you said, we got these colleges and universities that kind of like support the uh, pro-Hamases and pro-Palestinians and like doctors saying Israel is slaughtering Israel, doing genocide. So we need you guys to be out there and like you know writing down to those. I don't know if you got personal connections on those kind of colleges and universities, telling them, listen, guys, those kind of doctors cannot spread hate because eventually you got Jewish students over there that are being in risk for them being Jewish because your professors spreading lies and we saw what happened in New York like Jewish students have to lock themselves yeah. in a library so the uh, the crowd is not gonna you know sorry for the word, beat the shit out of them for them being Jewish
0: when you hear the word America what does that make you think of
1: a uh, family really yeah that's that's how I see Americans and that's how I see America
0: Chantal, they are like they're
1: like brothers and sisters for us and for me
0: I love that my last question for you is what does Israel mean to you
1: home that's that's like in the right you know, word and the right uh, feeling.
0: Shem Tov, these two hours have flown by. I have learned so much and I am sure that everyone that will listen to this will learn a lot too and really understand more about what's happening there. Thank you so much.
1: For sure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time. And uh, as you said, I hope people... We listen to it and understand better about what's going on here. And uh, yeah, God uh, bless America and uh, God bless Israel as well.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Another Fellow Patriot. Be sure to check the show notes for links to this week's guest. For more connection to the podcast, visit www.we the peopleouramericanstory.com. And finally, be a voice, a strong voice, a voice for freedom. As Benjamin Franklin so eloquently stated, where liberty dwells, there is my country.